Hey there, I'm Amy Sharp, and I created the Alexine Clean story you're just about to experience. And I like to think that her sense of humor straddles the U.S.-Canadian border. Okay, here we go. Brace yourself. Episode 3. Enter Scrappy Coco. Thank God I have this tiny little basement apartment that's about as cheap as anyone could find in this coastal BC city. A big old Victorian that's almost charming, but it's just barely above a dump, redeemed by the funky hipster neighborhood. I was able to sweet talk the landlord into letting me move in with my old boy Yuma, a boxer bull terrier mix. He can nap for six hours, then wake up and chase tennis balls like his life depends on it. Maybe it does. I love him and he loves my kids so much it hurts. Harvey called him Scrappy Coco after the 10th time we watched You Don't Mess With The Zohan, and it stuck. What can we say? We appreciate highbrow comedy with insights on frozen yogurt and the pure unadulterated love of hummus. When I'm at the park, I get a kick out of people's reactions. When I belt out, Come on out, Scrappy, come on out. Come to Mama, Mr. Coco. I feed him a strict diet of whatever decent dog food is on sale and lots of table scraps, including smaller chicken bones with cartilage, apple cores, carrots, leftovers too leftover for human consumption. Nothing is too good for him. He's partially deaf and isn't inclined to barking anyway, so there are no complaints about that. He's pushing 13 and still going strong. I have nearly killed myself numerous times by stepping on his tennis balls in the dark. What a way to go. I love sewing. Now that sounds random, but stay with me. I have such fond memories of sewing with my grandma, Grandma Jo. She was all about the polyester when it came on strong in the 70s, being married the first time to a military man. She ironed enough uniforms to turn her to the dark side. Synthetics. Use your synthetic fabrics, girl. Let the polyester flow to you. <laughs> She's long gone, but I can still see her in one of her very own caftan dresses with a long brown Moore cigarette held between her long fingers with long fingernails, polished coral pink, of course. In her other hand would be the amber rocks glass of watered-down wine. She started drinking at about 11 a.m., and since it wasn't her first rodeo, she knew to water it down to go the distance. That Carlo Rossi jug of wine was kept in the pantry for easy access. This was back when good people smoked in their homes. Not like now. Now only bad people smoke indoors. A while back, Harvey got me to watch some Joey Coco Diaz. This was his grandson, and he had a big dick too. I swear to God, I was like 12. I went over there with my dad one night. I saw his dick. I got all busy and shit. We do have a fondness for Cocos. I wish I could see what Grandma Joe thought of Joey Diaz. That guy is a character. Almost as much of a badass as Grandma Joe. <laughs> I'm from Jersey. They ain't gonna do nothing to me. Double down on the Joe. Jonas squared. Joe to the third power. My recent financial strain has created a new quest when it melded my love of thrift stores to my love of sewing. Well, add the fact that my body size and shape is as unique as my sense of style. <laughs> hey, don't laugh. I find clothes that I like 
but don't quite fit or flatter me, and I alter or outright mutate them. And I don't just do this to clothing either. For example, I found a perfectly good dark navy zippered cotton duvet cover. It was just crying out for something to take it from boring to bazinga. I decided on adding an orange octopus, like duh. This was the first time I attached cutout shapes of fabric onto fabric with fabric paint. It was so much fun. I found an image of a line drawing of an octopus for a tattoo and I enlarged it on a copier and then I made a pattern. The handy thing with an octopus is that it's so squishy and has all those legs, you don't really have to be a great artist. This was such a fun project. And it was cheap, cheap too. I do love getting crafty. Creating something my very own feels fan-fucking-tastic. And I know Grandma Jo would have liked the way it turned out too. I also got creative with my absolute favorite cleaner, Myers Lavender All-Purpose Cleaner. I like it so much that I actually use it in my own home. My addiction to thriftiness nudged me to customize it though. The smell is amazing, but it doesn't really smell like lavender, which is overused and I find somewhat repellent. I prefer plant-based cleaners to those with harsh skin peeling chemicals. I found a non-brand name plant-based cleaner on sale and bought a few. Then I mix 20% Myers, 40% cheapo plant-based cleaner, and 40% water. Effective and efficient, just like me. Then there's the cheap mofo dilemma. Buying cheap tools and supplies, then trashing them by accident and having to rebuy stuff. Damn, those dollar stores are dangerous. I had made a fresh batch of my watered down yet lovely smelling super duper all-purpose cleaner and a brand new spray bottle from one of those evil dollar stores. It fell off a bathroom counter onto a tile floor and shattered, spilling its guts of my treasured concoction. God damn it. Not only was it all the product I had with me, but I had to clean it up off the floor and then clean the rest of this big house, which I did with the clean rags that sopped it all up. Now just move along, nothing to see here. Another day at work, I was minding my own business, mopping my way up the steps of stairs, moving my bag of supplies, and the ancient piece of shit stick vacuum every few steps as I went up. I twisted that brittle plastic wannabe Dyson in an unnatural position and snapped its head right off. It was dangling by the power cord. Truly a Freudian slip. I cannot deny I had no love for that thing. The couple who lived here were gracious about it. I did not offer to replace it as it had to be over 15 years old. They truly got their money's worth. Quality tools should last over 10 years. These folks and their piece of shit vacuum were on borrowed time. That same sweet couple probably doesn't know I'm doing something behind their back. One of my true loves is houseplants. Well, all plants. And it pains me to see people starving plants of water. I imagine my clients noticing how much healthier their plants look and asking me about it. I would respond a la Jules in Pulp Fiction, water motherfucker, do you know it? Instead of English motherfucker, do you speak it? Being a clandestine plant waterer has its rewards. I get to see them flourish and I know I've done something good. All is right in this little part of the world. Getting in to clean someone's home regularly becomes pretty intimate. The family on Larry Street comes to mind. Both the mom and dad are the classic successful nerds. Unpretentious, 
but a bit anxious as parents. After looking around their home, I can't decide if they have no taste or boring as shit taste. They have two kids, a smart and kind nine-year-old girl and a real wild card of a seven-year-old boy. I'm there every other week for four and a half hours to start them out fresh again. The boy isn't going to the private school anymore and his mom stays home with him. Sometimes grandma's there too. There are lots of books on each parent's nightstand. The self-driven child, the whole brain child, playful parenting, and the explosive child. One day he came into the master bathroom that I was cleaning and just hung out with me. We talked about all kinds of things, like whether or not you should swim in mom's big bathtub. Are those dots on the window really fly poop? And why don't we eat toothpaste? <laughs> the important stuff of life. Kids and dogs seem to seek me out. I quite like that. After the boy wanders away and I'm alone in another bathroom, in another part of the three-story, god-awful, boring-as-shithouse, I think about when Harvey painstakingly explained The Revenant to me. He read the book after seeing the movie. I will be the first to admit that I'm a wimp. I do not like seeing people in pain. Even watching the trailer was too intense for me. He was about 13 years old. I was riveted by his ability to relay the story. He took a full 15 minutes to explain it to me. By the end of it, I was sick to my stomach and I had tears in my eyes. That kid is really something special. I've got three different stories going with my different cleaning clients about my little man Harvey, the 15-year-old skateboarding adventurer. I hope they don't backfire. I've told very few people what really happened. It's no one's business anyway. I think about the parenting choices my ex Oliver and I made with Harvey. We always wanted to allow him to make as many choices as we could. Instead of making all the decisions on an errand day, I would ask him, as soon as he could convey his thoughts and words, which chore or errand we should do first and why. And we would negotiate, kind of make a game out of it. I don't like watching people micromanage their children to death, choking the spirit out of their existence. Let them exercise their ability to make some decisions along the way, and then they won't be such hellions later when all that pent-up frustration is combined with raging hormones. God help you then. Now, standing where I am with what our child went through, I do wonder if it would have all happened differently had I been one of those helicopter moms that I detest. <laughs>